0: I'm going to tell you, I appreciate Brother David. Yeah. I said it this morning, but I want to say it again tonight. I, I don't know how many years he led singing when I came here, and um, I don't know how many years he's been leading singing, but he's just been a blessing. I appreciate him. I want to give God praise tonight for a preach about a little something that I needed to pray about just right before serv- right as service was starting. And uh, the Lord answered that prayer, and I just thank Him for answering that prayer tonight. Amen. I'm glad we serve a God that when we can't be places and we can't do things, He can be there for us. Amen. And I uh, praise Him for that tonight. Psalms 81, if you'll stand with us for a few moments. Psalms chapter 81, and uh, we will just read tonight our text verse. And, um Psalms 81. Amen. There we go. I believe Psalms 81 is the hardest Psalm in the Bible for me to find because I've hunted it all day long and studied from it. And uh, I don't know if this is on Brother Caleb. I think it, maybe I've got it on. Okay. All right. Psalms chapter 81 tonight. I'm just really going to pick up for the next few moments and finish out the message because I think it's the I don't think it's just the theme of today, but I think it's the theme of this year, and I think it's what God wants to do. Uh, we got conference coming up here in a few weeks, and uh, I can tell you the Lord's already just uh, had deacons meeting tonight, and the Lord's already just confirmed some things that uh, we feel like the Lord would have us to do just another step closer uh, to building a building. It's not building a building, but it's another step closer, and uh, I'm excited about seeing what God's going to do in the next few uh, weeks and months concerning that Psalms 81 and verse number 8 the Bible says hear O my people and I will testify unto thee O Israel if thou wilt hearken unto me there shall no strange God be in thee neither shalt thou worship any strange God I am the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt open thy mouth wide and I will fill it but my people would not hearken to my voice and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own hearts, lust, that they should walk in their own counsel. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me and Israel had walked in my ways. Father, I want to thank you tonight for answered prayer. Lord, thank you for your mercy already today and what's been shown upon us this afternoon. Lord, we want to give you the glory and the honor and we thank you tonight, God, that you're a prayer answering God, that nothing is too hard for you. Thank you for your presence tonight, for the singing, for the testimonies that's been given. Lord, I pray you'll just continue. to lot of fire in the pews and a fire in the pulpit and give us a hunger for souls. And Lord, I pray that this will be a great year of harvest for souls to be saved and lives to be changed in this area. Lord, thank you for uh, the gift and the giver, Lord, of the offerings that, that are given. We ask you to continue to bless and bless this church for the glory and the honor of God. Every endeavor, Lord, may it not be for ourselves, but may it be for you. And we'll love you, we'll praise you, and we'll thank you. In Christ's name we do pray, amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. I, I want to continue on tonight. I'm not really one to uh, recap a message. I don't know how you are, but uh, sometimes I know that there may be a need to go back and mention a thing or two, but uh, it always bores me to death when a preacher uh, goes back and <clears throat> spends 25 minutes recapping and re-preaching what he preached the uh, uh, the service or sermon before, and I'm not being critical of that statement. Some people may like that, but I just, myself, I, I just want to move on. Amen? Can I get a witness on that? And so I just have having said that, we know what Psalms 81 is about. If you don't know, then get the take from this morning or the CD and you can listen to it in your own time. But in Psalms 81, uh, we know that Israel had this great opportunity to go forward and believe God for bigger things in their life. That's what we're endeavoring this year to do, is to do more for God, but the only way to do that is by faith. Amen? We must take God at his word and believe the Bible and believe what God said and whatsoever is not a faith the Bible says it is sin amen anything done in the energy of the flesh rather than in the power of the spirit will never bring any eternal results for the glory of God and so this year what we want God to do is to do through us what uh, what we cannot do within ourselves amen I want to say my friend that takes faith uh, that takes focus amen Uh, and there will be a fight you know the devil will not roll over and play dead anytime you're going to do something for God With a Christian school, the devil's gonna fight because you're changing the lives of young people. In a Bible college, he'll fight because you're helping send out the gospel. In a church, he's gonna fight because he didn't like the church to go on and to have victory. But I wanna say tonight, everybody here can have all the victory that you're willing to have and wanting to have if you'll surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the reason that Israel did not have the victory, the reason they did not believe God for bigger things number one was because of their stubbornness but number two tonight it was because of their sinfulness notice verse number 12 we see their stubbornness in verse 11 but in verse number 12 the Bible says so I gave them up unto their own hearts lust uh, that they should walk in their own counsels notice that God said he gave them up to their own hearts lust amen I want to tell you the Bible said when lust hath conceived uh, it bringeth forth what it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, uh, it bringeth forth death. Uh, So what happened to the nation of Israel is that they did not believe God for bigger things uh, because of stubbornness. They would not listen. But then their sinfulness. uh, I'm telling you, friend, they allowed idolatry. They allowed all types of sins of the flesh and lust of the flesh uh, uh, to come within the camp. uh, And it robbed them of the plan and the power and the purpose of God in their life. I'm telling you, if it was true then. It's even true right now. We got people sitting in our churches today. They taught King James Bible. They hear old time leather lung preaching. They've been raised in the old fashioned way, but that's not good enough for you. You've got to clean up your own backyard. You've got to get the sin, the trash out of your life. You've got to get the outward sins, the inward sins and the public sins out of our life. If we're ever going to have revival, we must deal with the sin that's in our life. Amen. I wanna preach the verse of all concerning sinfulness. I want us to think about the inward sins tonight. It's easy to preach on the outward sins of the flesh and I think that we do pretty good over a while of covering them and hiding them. It doesn't mean we don't have them but we do a good job at hiding those outward sins from those that we need to hide it from. But what about them inward sins? I'm talking about malice, amen? That's that's the intent to do harm to someone. I'm talking about gossip, amen? I'm talking about anger. Maybe there's somebody here tonight you have a temper problem and you need to get right with God and you can't g- believe God for any bigger things uh, because you fly off the handle all the time. You're getting mad. Maybe you, you spout off at your wife or, or maybe you're a wife that you throw your hand on your hip uh, and put your other finger in your husband's face. Uh, or maybe you're a young person tonight uh, uh, that listen, uh, uh, you've got a temper. Friend, uh, I going to tell you something. You need God uh, uh, to help you with that anger. Amen? And don't blame it on your heritage uh, and don't blame it on your genes. Uh, what it means he is. You're not filled with the Holy Spirit and you're allowing the fleshly man uh, to control your life. Amen. There's nothing big about being macho. Uh, There's nothing big about flexing your muscles. Uh, There's nothing wrong about an angry man or a short fuse. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, you need to ask God for grace. Uh, Ask him for some long-sufferingness. I'm talking about, listen, the Bible said, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. The Bible said to have no business with an angry man. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, it is a sin before God, amen. Just like gossip is a sin. Somebody say amen. I'm telling you, it used to be the telephone we preached on, but now it's everything else. It's the the internet, it's social media. I'm telling you, it's all these different avenues that people have to to communicate with each other. There's so much accessibility on how to get in touch with each, each other. It just about drive you crazy. Can I get a witness? Don't you like don't you like it better when you had to have a landline? Yeah. Amen. Uh, and, you, and you had to call people, and, and then they come out with pagers, uh, and I'll tell you, that, you know, I can remember sitting around hearing them pagers going off. Uh, and then they come out with a cell phone, and then they come out with texting, and, and then they've got email, uh, and, and they've got Twitter account, and they've got they got all these different things. Uh, I'm telling you, if you've got all of them, uh, I promise you, if you're staying up to par with it, you're getting up, and you got a full time job just answering uh, and uh, texting and calling back. Uh, we live in a crazy. Society, don't. Brother, I'm telling you, listen, some people they'll send a text and they'll stand there and stare at the phone. When's it coming in? Why are they not bubbling me right now? You know what I do? I just answer it when I get to it. It gets me in a world of trouble. Because sometimes it might be an hour, it might be two days but I just get to it when I can get to it. That's the only thing I know to say. Uh, You go Everywhere I go, they get up and this is what they'll do. They'll say, uh, if they're gonna give any kind of accolade, it's this, Uh, well, he's a preacher that never answers his phone. No, I'm just a preacher. It ain't got enough hours in the day to get done what I need to get done and I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna read my Bible before I pick this thing up or anything else uh, because I'm of absolutely no value to anybody around me if I let them things go in my life. Amen. I'm not telling you I'm everything I need to be, uh, but I'm telling you the text that comes first uh, in my life uh, is not the text you're gonna get on a cell phone, it's the text you're gonna get out of this blessed old book, amen. I wanna talk to God before I talk to anybody else, uh, not because I'm spiritual, I'm just wicked and ungodly and I need to, Brother Danny. I'm talking about we're living in a day of gossip, amen. The latest and greatest on everybody. You want to have, if you want to have a church that has a revival, then stay out of the gossip lane. Somebody say, "Man, you don't need to know everything that's going on in everybody's business." Amen. And you don't need to tell everything you know about everybody. You just need to pray for each other. And when you hear about somebody going through something, don't go to some other church member and say, "Hey, did you hear about so and so? Did you hear about such and such?" No, just go to God and pray about it and keep your mouth shut. Amen. That's the only way a church can have freedom and liberty is everybody staying out of everybody's business. Amen. You know, I was in a camp meeting one time and a preacher got up and he read the text in Acts 2 where the Bible says, and he was a pastor of a church and he said, he read that phrase in Acts 2 where it said, and everybody had all, or I'm misquoting it, but it said, and they had all things common. And he preached and he said, what that means is everybody knew everybody's business. Now, when he said that, Brother Laddie, I'm not a theologian, but a red flag went out. I said, boy, oh, Lord, thank you. I'm not a member of his church. Amen. I'm gonna tell you something. This is one preacher. I don't wanna know everybody's business. I can't even keep up on my own business. I know more than I need to know and should to know. And if I need to know something, please call me. I'm telling you, if somebody's sick, if somebody's in the hospital, if there's something I need to pray about, I want to know those things. But I don't want to know if you're buying a car. I don't want to. Listen, I don't want to know how much money's in your bank account. I don't want to know. Listen, what your taxes was. I don't know if you're praying about having children. That's none of my business. I don't want to know any of that stuff. Now I'm telling you, friend, we live in a day where people are sticking their noses. In in everybody else's business, and they're quick to spread what they hear. I know there's no gossip in Bible Baptist Church, but there is in all them other churches I go to. I'm telling you, friend, if there is tonight, if there's somebody that's got a, listen, that's got a long tongue that wants to talk and spread gossip in the church, I wanna tell you, friend, I'm not just praying for you, I'm praying against you, somebody say amen. I've asked God to roll their tongue up or move them out one. Amen, come on now. Brother, I'm telling you, there's nothing, nothing will grieve the Holy Spirit any faster than somebody running their mouth in church. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, if I was going through something, I wouldn't want everybody to know my business, amen. Amen. One of my children had gone astray or wayward and they'd broke my heart and drugged me through all kinds of hell. I wouldn't want everybody in the church telling everything going on. I I wouldn't want everybody talking about it. I may talk to my pastor. I may talk to my preacher's wife. And I think you ought to so they know how to pray for you. But I'm telling you, friend, I don't want everybody knowing my business. Can I get an amen? That's just the way it is if we're going to have revival. Well, listen. I think some people ought to get on the altar and lay their tongue on the altar and ask God. I used I don't think he'd go on her. Oh, I'm telling you, they some people's tongue. The altar here ain't long enough, brother. You can roll it from here to the Florida line tonight. I'm telling you. They ought to, walk, they ought to work for Fox News or or CNN. I'm telling you, they can get the. I don't. Know, some people get the story so fast. I don't even know how they do that. Well, I'm telling you, they're on it quicker than anybody I've ever seen. I don't know how you work a job and, and know what's going on in everybody's life. I don't know how you keep a house and, and take care of children. And hey, y'all still with me tonight, aren't you? I mean, how in the world uh, can you keep up with everybody else? I started to say keep up with the Joneses, but now I can't use that because they're here. But I'm telling you, how do you know everybody's business and still do your business? Well, that's interesting, ain't it? sinfulness of gossip, the sinfulness of Phariseeism. We could preach on liberalism tonight, but we all agree with that, don't we? I think we ought to preach on Phariseeism. We don't want that in our church. I, I'm as much against that as I am. Legalism or liberalism or however you, modernism. I'm telling you, friend, none of us are better than nobody else. Uh, I think you ought to have a long list of standards, but you ought to have some spirituality. If you don't have that, them standards don't mean a thing. Amen. Don't look down your pharisaical nose at somebody else uh, and say, well, at least I don't live like them and do like them. No, your spirit's far worse uh, than their sinfulness. Amen. I'm here to tell you tonight, friend, uh, had it not been for the grace of God and the blood of Jesus and the mercy showed to every one of us tonight we couldn't live clean enough we couldn't live holy enough all of, our all of our righteousness is filthy rags in the sight of a thrice holy God I need him more today than I did yesterday I'm here to tell you friend, if there's anything good in me God did it hallelujah but I had not found anything good in me yet I'm talking about Pharisees I'm talking about gossip. We're just dealing with sinfulness tonight. I'm talking about jealousy. I mean, listen, you if you're not careful, you'll get jealous of another church member. You'll get jealous of another preacher, jealous of another singer. You know, in this church, we don't own songs. Somebody say amen. Brother, you say, well, that's my song. No, if you didn't write it, it ain't your song. Is that right? If you didn't pay to have it published, it's not your song, amen? I don't care if five singers get up here and all five of them sing the same song. We ought to shout with all five of them if they're right with God, amen? Don't ever get mad. You say, did somebody get mad? I told you I'm hitting everything this month I can think of, and then some. Listen, nobody owns a song, no more than a preacher owns a sermon, amen. I had a preacher call me one day and he said, "Hey." he said I want you to know I preached that sermon you preached the other day and I got mad for about three seconds and the Holy Spirit said it wasn't your sermon anyway what are you mad about I said well I studied and labored for it he didn't do nothing but write it down I knew Steve Gillsby would say amen to that I thought why in the world He. I thought Lord don't that man study his Bible God said hey big boy Hadn't you ever preached something borrowed? Come on now. I mean, if I can hammer on me, surely you can take it tonight. I'm just talking about, friend, nobody owns the piano, nobody owns the organ, nobody owns the choir, nobody owns this pulpit, including me, nobody owns a Sunday school class around here. I'm telling you, friend, all we're doing is filling the gap. I'm telling you, I can be replaced, you can be replaced. You say, preacher, why are you preaching that? Because if you're not careful, jealousy will creep in the pew, it'll get in a pulpit. It's not about who's the biggest and who's the best. It's not about who gets more attention. I'm telling you, friend, it's about coming to church and seeing no man save Jesus only, amen. I mean, don't get jealous. I've seen that green-eyed monster. I've seen it rise up in people in church. I've seen it get into people. I've seen it get in husbands. I've seen it get in wives. And I'm telling you, it'll lock a service down. I've seen people, listen, they'll shout when one person testifies uh, and they'll sit over there and get locked jaw and read their Bible while the other person's testifying. It ain't time to read your Bible when somebody's testifying. And if you're praying uh, uh, while somebody else is testifying, you ought to be praying for yourself, amen? Uh, But I'm telling you, friend, uh, uh, when we go to the house of God, there ought not be no jealousy in this church we're not in competition. Titles in this church they don't mean nothing. All titles mean in this church is it defines the responsibility that the individual has. Am I telling you the truth? You know what it means to be the pastor of this church? It means you got a lot of work to do. That's what it means. And it's not a badge to wear. It's not a trophy to total realm. There's too many guys, they, they want the title, but they don't want the labor and the responsibility and, 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 the, and, the, and the, the work that comes with it. And I'm telling you, friend, if we do anything for God, I think you'll have to work uh, without a title before you ever fit to work with a title, amen? I'm simply saying this tonight. Uh, that I'm talking about sinfulness. I, I just listed things, pride, arrogancy, hatred, grudging. I, I mean, listen, you can't hold a grudge uh, if you get mad at somebody in the church. First, get over it and get right with God. And if you gotta go to them, go to them. But if they don't know about it, don't go to them. Somebody say amen. That's just common sense, ain't it? I mean, if I've been stewing on Brother Dave Terry for six months, and I've been and I've not been, but if I had been, why don't I just get right with God in the altar and never tell him? Amen. Now, if I said something to him, then I ought to go to him. But if I didn't say nothing, why put that in his mind? just get right with God. If he don't know nothing about it, then go on. Amen. But don't hold a grudge. If you've been mad at me, don't come tell me. Just pray and get right with God. Amen. I'll sleep better if I don't know it anyway, Amen. Uh, But I'm just simply saying this tonight. If I've been mad at you and you don't know it, I'm sure not telling you. I'm just telling God. Y'all still with me tonight? I'm talking about, listen, you need to bury the hatchet, you need to bury the handle, and you need to dig the hole deep enough you can't ever get it back. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, listen, the only way we're ever gonna have revival is we got to get the grudges, the jealousy, the bitterness the anger, the hatred the malice and all the pride and arrogancy out of our church now wouldn't it be a foolish thought tonight to think in a congregation this size that we're all so wonderful and spiritual that none of the things I mentioned that they even exist you know that ain't true and can I tell you tonight as the pastor, I have to face every one of these things in my life. We all face them tonight, folks. It's one thing to face it. It's another thing to let it get a hold of you. So how do you keep it from getting a hold of it? You chop it down the minute it rises up. You, know, you, you call it what it is and you agree with God against yourself and you ask God to forgive you and you move on and you'll have victory that way in your life brother, the flesh is capable. I'm talking about them inward sins of filthy thoughts, evil surmisings. I'm talking about letting things conceive in your mind that that ought not be there. I'm talking about filth and, and things that the devil, he may try to plant them there, but I'm telling you, you've got to keep your mind pure. Memorize the word of God. Thy word, if I hid in my heart, then I might not sin against thee. Gird up the loins of your mind. How do you do that? By letting the word of God dwell in you richly. I'm telling you, if I don't read the Bible, I'll have a filthy mind. If you don't read the Bible, you'll have a filthy mind, you sweat stuff don't bother me. I don't believe that for one second, friend. I'm telling you the filth of this world, uh, all of us are attracted to it today. If we don't keep our flesh under control, uh, perversions, pornography, adultery, fornication, it's within the fiber of every one of our being uh, and we must keep our minds and our hearts pure if we're gonna stay away from that mess, amen. I don't believe the man that tells me that he don't ever have a filthy thought. I'll tell you what I can say tonight. I don't want a filthy thought, do you? And that's why we ought to dress right. Somebody say amen. Well not have to come to church and worry about looking at nudity in the house of God. Amen. I think you listen, I think you ought to cover everything. I think you I think your undergarments ought to not shine through your clothing. Somebody say amen. man. It ought to be loose enough and long enough and you don't even got to worry about it, amen? And if you got to fight your dress or your skirt when you sit down, you ought to get it about four inches longer, amen? I'm just simply talking about keeping it right and keeping it tight. And I ain't talking about keeping your clothes tight. I'm talking about keeping it tight around the house of God. I'm saying, friend, we ought to have modesty. We ought to have decency. It helps us win the battle over filthiness. Hey, we see enough filth day in and day out when we come to the house of God. It ought to be a clean place. And we ought to be a clean people, hallelujah. I want to live right. Amen. I want to say tonight, keep those things. Keep the, I listen, sinfulness, inward sins, outward sins. You know, when we think about outward sins, we think about those things that I mentioned. There's a lot of outward sins we could talk about, but I'm really not going to elaborate them tonight other than to say this. How we treat each other and how we don't treat each other can be an outward sin. Brother, the Bible says how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. In the house of God, we, there ought to never be no snootiness in the house of God. We're just a country church, country people. Amen. Isn't that right? You know, I, I'm not against churches that do, but, you know, I've had a few people join and they, they, were, they were honest in what they were saying, but I had a few people, there's been a few people join down through the years that they were shocked when Easter time come around that all the women wasn't wearing hats and everybody wasn't. And if you buy an Easter dress, I'm not against that. But I'll tell you what, this is not a church. I mean, people dress nice. They they think we dress appropriate for the house of God, but this is not a church where we're just not high-fluting. Can somebody say amen to that? I mean, brother, we're just just not on the uppity up. Have have you ever been around that crowd? Uh, uh, Do you know how they make you feel? Anybody ever been around that crowd? Uh, I've never had to worry about getting in that crowd because they never would want me. I I mean, listen, I'm from Murray County. There ain't no uppity people in Murray County, amen. I mean, we're living it up. If you got a double wide trailer and a four wheel drive pickup, you're uppity up in Murray County. That's right. I could tell you, I could tell you a handful of words tonight that it'd take a it'd take a dictionary for you to figure out what they mean. Unless you're from there. I stopped using some of them, but some of them I like. Amen. How, y'all, how many of y'all know what the word lobel means? Okay, we'll move on. Well, I'm liable to tell you what it means and I'm liable not to. My daughter said, what does that mean? I said, it's in your heritage, don't ever forget it. (laughs) One day, somebody said, I said, well, I know that. I know that it's, I knew that, but I don't want to say I knew that. All my life, people said, I know that. Come on now. I know we got a few English experts out there tonight. You boys be sure and do your English right this week, okay? but they just some things that, it probably rubs people the wrong way, and I'm not talking about being a hick, but I'm telling you, friend, there ain't nothing wrong if you are a hick. Somebody say man. I'm telling you, you don't got to suit everybody's fancy, amen. I I don't want to be in a bubble. I I don't want to be a cookie cutter. Somebody say, man, I'm talking about, friend, when you go to church, uh, you ought to be able to be who you are and be yourself. Uh, I'm telling you, I don't like the the, the, the image, and I don't like all the, uh, you know, all the plastic that can come on with religion. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, uh, I don't want to do what everybody's doing just because it's popular. If it's biblical, I want to do it, amen. Uh, But I'm talking about, friend, uh, if we will grieve God when church becomes more about, us than what it does him. And I think smoothiness is a sin in the eyes of God. Somebody say amen. Well, hallelujah. Amen. I'm talking about sinfulness. I'm talking about tonight disloyalty is a sin. You ought to be loyal to your husband. Amen. Don't be sweet to every other man in this church and go home and be a grizzly bear to your husband. Amen. You ought to be sweet to your wife. Amen, don't go around complimenting women and don't even do that. If you got a ring on your finger, don't compliment women, amen. I mean, I reckon there's a place and time to say something, but you ought to be real careful about that stuff. You want to compliment a woman, compliment your wife. Brag on her, amen. Amen. I mean, listen, uh, you can find something to brag on your wife about. You can find something to brag on your husband, but y'all be loyal, amen? Uh, you, you young people, I'll be loyal to your, to your parents and, and y'all never do nothing that goes against what they taught you. Y'all be loyal to the man of God, loyal to your church, loyal to your Sunday school teacher. And y'all be some loyalty in the house of God. You know, a year ago this time, I stood here and I told the church, I said, now listen, there's some things we don't want in this church. And we, we, want, we like functions, but we don't want anything not sanctioned by the church. What I mean by that is I don't want four or five families going over and having a function or a fellowship without the church having knowledge about it. Can I get an amen? amen. So Brother Gravelick, why would you say that? Is there any problems in this church? No. But I'm telling you tonight, I have not seen everything, but I have seen enough. If you could just see some of the things I've seen in the last year, you would understand statements like that. I stood in a church, Brother Danny. Things are not the way they used to be. They've changed. There's things tonight I have to be more concerned about as a pastor that 10 years ago I never gave a second thought to. It's not because something has happened here. It's because something's not going to happen here. Somebody say amen. Stood in front of a church of a man who just, I didn't even know the man. Little country church in Thurman, North Carolina. Stood at the back of that church. A man came out. He's probably in his mid-60s. He was weeping. He lost 90 people the Sunday before. He had 27 members left in his church. He wept and I wept with him. You know, I hadn't taught that man since then, but I never forgot that. He told me standing there, he said, I'm going to resign Sunday. I said to him, I said, don't, don't, don't. He said, well, he said, I went down the road with another preacher in the church. He said, I might as well. And I said to him, I said, you hang in there. I said, we'll pray about that. I don't know if he stayed or if he resigned, but what I know is I stood there when I walked away. I realized I could be here tonight. Well, there's things tonight. I, your pastor does not know. I know so little, and I mean that tonight. In fact, any time I find the will of God, the only way I find, I can't figure the will of God out. I'll tell you how I find the will of God. I get on my knees, and I say the same thing. And I've said it for 20 years, when I need to know something from God, I say, "God, only you know what you want to do, and you'll have to tell me, or I will do the wrong thing, and I do not want to do the wrong thing. Lord, please show me. Do you know that is worth 100 percent of the time? He don't always show me then, and sometimes it's a long time, sometimes it's years. Literally, it has been two, sometimes it's been five years. But if you pray it long enough and you don't do anything until he tells you, one day somewhere in his time, he'll tell you what to do. And I don't know much tonight, but I will tell you this much. I believe with all my heart, God will tell a pastor what he needs to know. And I believe, God, I'm not a pope and I'm not a prophet and I'm not a Lord over your personal life. But i tell you what I do believe, what I know tonight, not just what I believe, but what I know. Brother David, I have seen God turn the light on for me too many times and see something that could be coming down the road in this church. Maybe it was a year, two years, or five years coming, but the Holy Ghost turned the light on and said, you better, you better do something about that. Or you better put the kahitas on that. You better lock that down. I'm going to tell you, if you don't deal with that, it will deal with you. You so said, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying sometimes it ain't easy to say some things and do some things, but I'm telling you as a pastor, sometimes you gotta put your own feelings and you gotta put beside what people may say and what people may think about you. You can't be run and, and ruled by, 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 by people. You gotta do what you know God told you to do. And if God really told you to do it, he'll put his stamp of approval on it. Now I'm telling you that, that two verses into that uh, heaven came down and glory filled our soul Uh, and about 15 people got saved uh, on that night, I'm gonna tell you I couldn't tell nobody but I knew, I knew that God uh, had put his approval it pays, uh, it pays uh, to do what's right, it pays it always pays when God's in it I'll tell you what you won't do. You won't ever go out and boast about it. You won't ever brag about it. Amen tonight. I don't know why I'm preaching all this, but I know the Holy Spirit knows sinfulness. How about it tonight? You got any sin in your life? I really believe this, church. I, I can't preach the last point. I'm done after this. I really believe this tonight church I believe the cleaner we could get as a whole as a whole church the more right with God we could get the more power we could have wasn't it a little bit freer tonight than it even was this morning you know what that is it's God's people moving up and I'm telling you tonight I've seen it I'm not preaching something to be preaching it I'm not an old man. At least I tell myself that. None of y'all say nothing. But I have lived to see this tonight. I know this is true. I'm not telling you something that I got out of a book somewhere. Him old men of God, they preached it hard. And they preached it with love. They had a burden when they preached. That's missing today. They preached it hard and rough. And I'm going to tell you, people got older and they did business. They got right with God. Sometimes we got right because we knew we needed to. Sometimes we got right because we knew if we didn't, the preacher was never going to shut up. (laughs) He is going, hey, hey. They'd sniff it out, hunt you down, and when they knew you was guilty, they wouldn't quit until you got right with God. Say what you will about that. Salvaged my teenage years. Kept me on the right path. That old timey preaching, calling sin by name. You have to go a long ways to find that anymore, don't you? I'm so sick of sermons. I want to hear from heaven, don't you? Thank God for truth, but I tell you, I, I want to hear somebody preach. that Has got a burden. I don't care. I don't care if they've got an outline. I don't care if they move around when they preach. I don't care. I don't care. I, I just want them to have a burden. Have a burden. God give us a burden. You yeah, got in your life tonight. I think tonight if you could find one thing in your life that's got a hold of you tonight, if you could lay it on this altar, say, I'm done with it. I ain't, doing, I ain't doing it no more. I ain't touching it no more. I, I'm done with that. I'm going to tell you something. If you put that one thing on this altar, you just prove God. You could have some victory this week. You can make a move toward God You just put that one thing that's got a hold of you tonight. Hey, don't you want to have real revival? I mean, tonight, he's a preacher. I came to altar this morning. If you don't need to come, don't come. But I'm telling you, have revival. You might have to make 30 trips down here. It may take, I don't think we get revival in a a service or two. It, it It may take six months for the church to get clean enough for the power of God to be strong enough for sinners to be saved. Lord, Lord, I pray with the church tonight. Help us all. God, I stand as a man with men before you tonight. God, help us to get hungry and thirsty. Oh, God, help us to get past ourselves. Help us to sing tonight. Brother David, you sing tonight. You do what God wants you to do.